All right, if you would take your Bibles, if you have them there with you, to Psalm 119, the 119th Psalm. And we're going to look there beginning at verse number 49. And uh, this is a wonderful psalm. I know a lot of times when people are doing their devotional reading, you come to this one and uh, either break it up over a couple of days or save it for uh, the psalm of the day because of its length. Uh, and so, but it is dedicated to the Word of God. And boy, I tell you, there's nothing that we need more during times like these uh, than God's Word to encourage us and to uh, see us through times of, of uncertainty. Psalm 119, beginning in verse number 49, the Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have made me greatly in, had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. And I want to speak to you this morning on the thought, staying afloat in the storm. And let's pray again quickly. Father, thank you again for this time together. Lord, I pray that you'd bless now your word, that you would encourage your people. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be focused on you throughout these times. In Jesus' name and amen. So we look here this morning and we see uh, this beautiful illustration of just how God has made himself available to us through his word uh, and, and how he works in our hearts, keeps us encouraged in it all. Uh, what a wonderful truth it is to know that, that as much as things change from day to day, uh, the word of God never changes. The Lord never changes. He's always there. He's always perfect. Uh, and he's always in control. But our decisions make a big difference in how things come about. Uh, you know, I've always believed that most of my problems in life, uh, especially things that have, have come about in my uh, adult life, are things that uh, really are just me reaping what I've sown. They're, they're, I'm, I'm a victim of my own uh, past decisions. And so we want to be careful that we make decisions biblically and that we do things in a way that please the Lord, uh, realizing that decisions impact our future. The decisions that we make today uh, are going to impact our lives down the road. And some of those decisions will impact us immediately. Uh, others may manifest themselves quickly. Uh, and so we want to be wise in the way that we make decisions. For example, years ago, a few years ago, uh, about five years ago, actually, um, or not quite that, but at, at about two o'clock in the morning on September the 30th of 2015, there was a large cargo ship called the Alfaro that set uh, set out uh, into the ocean, uh, leaving the port in Jacksonville, Florida, headed for uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, as they launched out and went, and this was a large ship, it was about 790 feet in length, uh, and it was loaded uh, and bound to this destination. At the time of departure, there was a tropical storm that was formed out in the Atlantic named Joaquin. Uh, this tropical storm had uh, had been churning across the Atlantic and had been well watched, and they had many models of what it would do, uh, and it expressed how they felt that it would go. Uh, it was projected uh, that it would reach hurricane strength by the morning of October the 1st. Uh, so as they left out that morning, they felt that they had enough time uh, to clear its path. It was not a, uh, a, a decision that 
uh, was completely foolhardy, but it was one that was a little bit risky. It was kind of pushing through uh, to get through as quickly as it could. Uh, but Joaquin became a hurricane by 8 o'clock on September 30th. So just six hours, not 36 hours after they left port, uh, this thing became a hurricane already. So getting this information and adjusting their, uh, adjusting their course, they decided to move about 200 miles to the west. But by 11 o'clock that night, the storm had intensified to a Category 3 storm with 115 mile an hour winds and waves that were over 40 feet. Uh, the captain, adjusting the course, trying to keep his crew safe and to get where they needed to go, uh, made the decision to uh, keep going. Uh, and so he moved to the west of the forecast, but the storm tracked more west than they had predicted. Uh, and so though he moved farther over, the storm came directly for him uh, and it, it bore down. About 7.30 in the morning on October the 1st, the ship lost its propulsion systems. I don't think anyone really knows what happened, how it broke down, what the failure was. Uh, but by the time uh, the storm kind of got through, they found themselves trapped in the eye wall of the storm without any propulsion. Uh, as a result of this tragedy uh, and as a result of the decisions that had been made, uh, the ship without any propulsion was lost in the storm and all 33 souls aboard it perished. It was a decision that was made uh, to move forward even though there was danger coming in. There was a plan through it. There was a plan around it. There was a plan uh, to move forward. But you can't always predict uh, what things in nature are going to do. And because of that, they lost their lives. In our lives, we're going to face storms. And some of the storms that we face are going to be uh, make or break, life-changing or even life-threatening or spiritually life-threatening decisions and, uh, and things that will show up in our life. And so the decisions that we make become, uh, in those moments, all the more important. And so to make those decisions based upon God's Word and principle, based upon sound uh, example and what's gone on before is important. It's important that we understand those things. Listen, uh, none of us are going to go through life without facing illness. None of us are going to go through life without facing at times storms. We're all going to have uh, financial hardships at certain times. We're all going to have uh, shortages or uh, doubts and fears and just things that, just uncertainties that we uh, have to face. How we face them and the decisions that we make in those moments are uh, critical to uh, how we will progress through life. Uh, we must not enter them without God and His Word. Uh, if we go through times like these without the Lord, then we'll not survive. Even if we physically survive, spiritually we're not going to survive. And ultimately that's far more important uh, than how we weather this thing physically. The psalmist references such a time as this li in his life uh, and we can learn from his testimony. Uh, this is not an easy time. If you look as we look at our text this morning in uh, the life of uh, the writer of this psalm. Notice that he says in verse 49 and 50, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. So he's in jeopardy. He is in a feeling of, hey, I need hope. I need uh, something to cling to. I need someone to cling to. Uh, I must have that hope. And hope is so important. 
Uh, and when you go through just a, a normal day, it's important that we have the hope, the, the faith that's, that's within us, the faith of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and the hope uh, that he gives and his promise. And so he's reminded here, uh, as we see the psalmist's comfort here as, this, as he's embracing the storm, that, uh, that we remember that, uh, that there's hope. Uh, and in verse 50, he says, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. So what do we see here? We see first that he's afflicted. Uh, and so we see in his affliction, uh, he is, is dealing with these problems. Uh, and then we see that in this affliction, he has hope. So he's not without hope, though he is in affliction. You know, it's, it's really a matter of focus. What am I focusing on? Uh, when I have some kind of difficulty, when, I have, when I'm under attack, whenever I am uh, faced with uncertainty or have a health crisis, uh, it's, it's my focal point. Who am I focusing on? And so that's what we see here, first of all, this morning, and we see that it is the psalmist's comfort. He's taking comfort uh, in the Lord. He's taking comfort uh, as he moves through. And so where does he find this comfort? Well, notice, first of all, that the comfort of prayer. And so he looks and he sees that there is comfort in prayer. He obviously here is praying. He's saying here, remember the word unto thy servant. The comfort of prayer. I wonder how much time we've spent seeking the comfort of God in prayer as opposed to just fretting. I know that I can get captivated sometimes by just watching the news, what's going on uh, in the world around us, what are the responses that are being made. And I do think that it's wise for us to know what's going on out there. Uh, but we have to be careful that we don't get obsessed uh, with all the negativity. I appreciate some folks that have posted different things about, uh, you know, I, this or this happened or this happened or uh, it was a, a nice respite, respite from the uh, from just all of the attack of the corona information. And so as we look at this, he's finding comfort in prayer. It, you know, there's much comfort that can be gleaned in a time of prayer with the Lord. Uh, it's a time when you can get alone and you can just spend time with him. You can draw close to him. Uh, and, and we ought to be learning and, and developing our prayer life to the point where when we go to the Lord in prayer, it's not just a mat an added matter of sitting down and uh, just listing off a, 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 a long list of needs and desires and uh, demands, if you will, to the Lord, but a time where we stop and we reflect and we let the Lord have an opportunity to speak back to us. Uh, and to impress things on our heart, to uh, read and to pray and to, to seek the Lord's face. But there's comfort in prayer. Uh, he's here, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. And so he's praying to the Lord. He is reflecting on the word of God. Uh, he is opening his heart and asking God uh, to speak to him. I think that we see here too, secondly, the comfort of his promises. Uh, he's looking to the Word of God. Well, the Word of God is full of the promises of God. God has promised us wonderful things. He's promised that He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's promised us that as we come together that He'll meet with us. Uh, he's promised us that He'll provide for our needs. He's promised that, uh, that He'll be working uh, in our lives. And that everything, if we love the Lord and we're, uh, the, and we're in tune with Him, living for Him, that, that all of those things will work together for our good. And so sometimes it's hard to see the end, but, uh, but the trust comes from just focusing on God. So we want to comfort and find comfort in God's promises. We see here He talks about that hope, uh, that, that which Thou hast caused me uh, to hope on his words. And so we look at hope. To, to hope means to wait expectantly. 
Uh, it's not just, a, well, I, I hope. A hope is not a wish. Uh, you know, there's a, a wish is uh, you can wish for something, but you have no real expectation or belief that it's going to happen. Hope is not that. Hope, a biblical hope, is a hope that God will keep his word. I have a reason to believe that God will do what God has said that he will do. Now, why would I believe that, Pastor? Well, because, number one, his word says so. He's promised it. But secondly, we have enough experience in our own life where God has delivered that we know that we can trust him. We have the ability to look back historically and in the word of God and see many times over where God has reached out and has done miraculous things on behalf of his people. And so God is able and God is filled with love for his people. God is desiring to show himself mighty to the world around us and to do what needs to be done. And so we can find hope in that. Hope, that expect that expectation as we wait, that God is going to move. This is my comfort. Your word on which I hope is my comfort. Hope in the Lord. Cling to his promises. Believe in his word. You know, I don't know what's going to unfold here over the next several weeks. I don't know what we're going to be able to do uh, publicly worship-wise as far as uh, Easter Sunday rolls around here in just a few weeks. But I know this. I know that whether we're gathered together here or whether we're gathered together online, that, that the truth that Jesus rose from the grave is still true. Uh, that's not impacted. Uh, the fact that God loves us is not impacted. The fact that God wants to save souls, uh, no matter what happens, that's not impacted. Those are the fundamental truths of our faith in the word of God. And we know that and we can find comfort in that and hope in those promises. We find the comfort of past fulfillment, which I've been speaking about uh, as, we, uh, as we move forward here, that the comfort of that past fulfillment. Hey, he tells us here in his word uh, that he hath quickened us. And, and this is my comfort in my affliction for thy word hath quickened me. When I feel like I'm depressed and I can't move forward, when I feel like all hope is lost, it is the word of God that came back and reinvigorated that life within us. Listen, it's normal, I think, in situations like this for us emotionally maybe to go through some ups and downs. And I think the longer that we're, uh, you know, locked in and, and the more we get cabin fever and things of that nature, uh, the more that we'll experience. But what's the way out? The way out is the word of God. The way out is to hope in his word. <clears throat> the way out is to just uh, move forward trusting and leaning upon him. And so as we go forward, remember that uh, that is the comfort of past fulfillment. Thy word hath quickened me. Thy word has lifted me up. Thy word has encouraged me. Thy word has given that hope. So we see the psalmist has found comfort here in his affliction through prayer. We see that he's found comfort here uh, through relying on God's promises. And he's found comfort here uh, remembering past fulfillment of God's promises and God's restoration and God's giving of life. Secondly, this morning we see not only the psalmist's comfort, but the psalmist's challenge. What is his challenge? What is it that he's going through? What is the difficulty of, uh, of what is happening to him? And again, in verse 50, this is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. He's holding steady. He's not going anywhere. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord. 
and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. So what do we see here with the psalmist's challenge? Well, the first thing is he gives us some insight into his affliction. He is under attack. He is uh, impoverished emotionally. Uh, I don't, he doesn't give us much insight to what his financial problem may be or may not be. But, but in his mind, in his spirit, he is impoverished in that he is under attack. He talks about this affliction, this misery, uh, the horror uh, from those that are attacking him. And, uh, and we see that in this, that this poverty and misery from depression. And listen, if we, if we don't stay focused on the Lord, and if we forget to rejoice in the day that God has made, if we forget to get up praising the Lord and to focus on his blessing and his benefits and his goodness, we will end up potentially in a state of depression. Uh, and that's not true just because of uh, global circumstances at the moment. That's, that's true of just the normal afflictions of life, the normal problems of life. It's, it's a matter of focal point. What is going to captivate my attention? What is going to dominate my thought process? Am I going to sit around and feel as if the world is closing in around me and I have no way out? Or am I going to look up to the one who is in control of all things? Am I going to look up and put my uh, arms out to my heavenly father and cling, uh, cling to him? Listen, his affliction is that because of the attack and because of the, the viciousness of the attack is that he, if he doesn't stay focused on the word of God, he finds himself drifting off into a state of depression. He mentions that when he talks about in verse 51, the proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. So listen, the, the attack from the world is bearing on him, but he's staying focused on the word of God. He's staying focused on the person of the word of God. Uh, he is moving forward. Then he lays out the attack. I remember the judgments of old the Lord have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked. And so we see, secondly, not only the affliction, but the attack within that affliction. He is hated. He is mocked. And listen, that wears on you. It wears on anyone to uh, be con constantly uh, have hatred spewed at them or m being mocked for decisions and everything that's done. Uh, he is in derision. Derision basically means contempt manifested by scorn. And so when he talks about this derision, it's, it, it's, he is an object of contempt. He is a laughingstock to those around him. And so we want to be mindful that as we, uh, as we serve the Lord together, that there are going to come times when we're going to feel as if we're under attack. There are going to come times uh, when we feel like uh, we're, we're in a state of, uh, of being mocked. But what's the, what's the way out? What's the way to move forward? What's the way to survive and to thrive uh, in times of affliction? It is to stay focused on the Word of God. It is to stay focused on the person of God. Uh, he gives us some insight here that his affliction to his attack and he struggles with this and he's dealing with it. And then he gives us the answer. And what a wonderful thing it is that God says, OK, this is what's going on and this is how it's affecting you. But here's the answer. Here's the way forward. 
Here's the way out. Here's the uh, way to be encouraged. And so he gives in uh, his answer. And his answer starts with the fact that, hey, uh, he is passionate about God's word. He's just passionate about the word of God. Uh, O Lord, I have comforted myself. I have remembered thy judgments of old in verse 52 and have comforted myself. And listen, there's not anything that will ever befall us that will put us in a state where we cannot comfort ourselves with the word of God. Where we can't turn to it, where we can't remember it, where we can't uh, quote it to ourselves within our heart, where we can't sing it to ourselves. And he mentions here, uh, you know, three different things that, uh, that have caused him to have to remain passionate and focused on the Word of God. One is the horror, and that horror refers to a burning, raging heat against him. Now, we don't know what exactly was going on in his life or uh, exactly what this is alluding to, but we know this. Uh, we know that it was... It was a burning, raging heat toward him. It was horrifying. Whatever he was facing was horrifying. Listen, there are a lot of circumstances in life that if we get our focus off of God, that can become horrifying. Uh, there are, you know, folks that are facing uh, the prospect of a lost job can be horrifying. Uh, the prospect of uh, familial relationships and breakdowns and attacks can become horrifying. Uh, the, 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 just the different things that, that, that come about, those things can be horrifying. And they feel like there's just something raging around us and it brings heat to our soul because it causes us uh, to be concerned and to be overwhelmed. And it causes us to take our attention off of those things uh, which are really important. I'm not saying that there aren't things that come up in life that don't need us to give attention to them. I, I'm saying that in the midst of dealing with the problems, let's keep our focus on Jesus. In the midst of dealing with the obstacles, let's keep our focus on uh, the Lord. So he mentions the whore. Then he talks about the source of that whore being the wicked. Wicked here means one guilty of a crime, or one who is hostile to God. Uh, and so his problem is legitimate. His feeling of anxiety is legitimate. Uh, this, he, he, he doesn't have this trumped up in his mind. What he's facing is real. And because it's real... It is, uh, it is a, a crime committed against him, if you will. And so if this crime is being committed against him, he has a reason to respond and he has a reason to, uh, to stand up to it. And so horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. So what is the source of this problem? The, the problem here is spurned, is brought on by those who have forsaken the way of God. Those that have forsaken God's law, those that have forsaken God's path, those that have forsaken God's way, as he goes about that, as he addresses that, uh, it is a leaving. Listen, I want to be careful through all this that I'm not one of those people that end up being so uh, upset about what's going on or uh, the decisions that the government's taken or the decisions that the, that the pastors have taken or the decisions that... Uh, that we feel that God has made to allow this to come, that it causes me to be turned away from God when it ought to be drawing me closer to Him. We don't have to agree with every decision that's made. We just have to trust God. And we have to trust that, uh, that God is working and in, in, in doing something that we maybe can't understand at this point. And so his answer uh, is to stay passionate about the Word of God. It's really that simple. I just want to be passionate about Jesus. I want to be passionate about my relationship with him. I want to be passionate about uh, my walk with him and growing and, uh, and keeping it there. So here he is under attack and he's not responded improperly 
nor has he surrendered. I look back to verse 51. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. May we as God's people stand strong and not drift away from God, though it's easier when we do not assemble physically together. Listen, I understand we need the camaraderie. We need uh, the physical presence. We need uh, we need the encouragement. Uh, but we can weather the storm that has been brought on by the Lord. God didn't this didn't happen without God's knowledge. I'm not saying that God caused it, but certainly God is at work and is in control. Whatever God has ordained for us, God will enable us to see our way through. Let's go the extra mile to be an encourager. Go to the extra mile uh, to spend more time in prayer to reach out and do what can be done. But he's saying here that, that I've been in derision, but I've not declined from thy, from thy word. Don't decline from God. Just double down and say, God, I want to grow closer to you during this time. I want to be strengthened in my faith during this, my faith during this time. Have I not declined from thy law? Uh, don't, don't, don't bend. Don't turn aside. That's what he's talking about there. I haven't declined. I haven't turned aside. I haven't weakened. It has strengthened me. And what this has the potential to do is to strengthen us. I remember going through Harvey just a few years ago. It strengthened us as a community. It strengthens us as a church. Uh, and uh, this certainly could have that same effect. Then thirdly, this morning we see this. Not only uh, does the, the psalmist declare to us here his comfort, uh, not only does he declare for us the challenge, but he also uh, reveals to us the importance of godly character. So we see here his character, the psalmist's character, and that character is empowering. Verse 55 and verse 56, he says, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and I have kept thy law. He's coming back around. He's restating the importance of the law, but his character has held him through. His character prevented him from waffling. His character prevented him from drifting away. His character caused him uh, to hang in there. And it wasn't, that, listen, characters, I've always been taught that character is what you do in the dark. It's what you do when no one's looking. And he says that essentially here, uh, oh Lord, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. In other words, this is a hard time. This is a time of darkness. This is a time uh, of, of anxiety, uh, but I have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. And so listen to the lesson here. He had faith and trust in God, even in the darkness, because the habit of his life was to walk with God and live for God whenever things were, were easier. He didn't have to go searching for God in the midst of hardship. He didn't have a weak relationship with God leading into a time of difficulty. His character was such that he walked and loved and lived for God uh, in the light. And so now that darkness was come, he had the strength to persevere. He had the strength to face the challenge. He had the strength uh, to make a difference in the lives of others. Though he had in, to endure his circumstance, his focus was on God and God's word. So we see a couple of things here, or about four different things here that I want to share in regards to his character. First in verse 52, we see he says, I remembered. I remembered thy judgments of old. If you're going through a difficult time right now, if this is particularly affecting you and becoming more difficult, remember. How did the psalmist get through? How did his character manifest itself? He remembered. What do we remember? Well, 
you know, we've all got a long list of memories to draw from. But we can choose what we want to dwell on memory-wise. I, I want to remember how God supplied. I want to remember how God drew close. I want to remember how God has brought revival. I want to remember how God has worked in uh, the hearts of his people and how God has used people to make a difference. And so he started by remembering. It's a good thing sometimes when you spend some time alone with the Lord to just sit down and remember. Remember where you were whenever the Lord drew you to himself. Remember what you were like when he saved your soul. Remember those times that are significant and special in your life when revival came, when a dedication of life came, when something in your life significant changed because God had worked in your life. Remember those things because the same God that was working then is working today. He's working. The second thing that the psalmist tells us here in, in, as far as his character and, and some insight into his character, in verse 54 we see, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. He sang. It's a wonderful thing to spend some time just singing to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Sing uh, some, some songs that God puts in your heart. Sing about his greatness. Sing about his power and his might. Sing about his provision. Sing about his promises. Sing about uh, the, the, the things that God uh, encourages you with. But sing. And listen, we need to be a people that come together and have Christian character and have a walk with God that's strong. And he says, I remembered, I sang. Third thing that we see here in verse 55, he remembered God's name. Verse 55, remembered thy name, O Lord. Remember the name of God. I mean, you could spend a lot of time just going through the names of God. He is our provider. He is our banner. He is our hope. He is our beginning and our end. There's not anything that we face. There's not anything that we need that God's names do not bring to light, that his names remind us of his character and what he seeks to do and how he seeks to work. Remember this morning the name of God. And then we see that in verse 55, he also says, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. He kept the law. So how did he make it through? What did he do? He remembered. He worshiped. He sang and he gave praise to God. He remembered the name of God, the source of power, all of God's ability, all of God's love, all of God's mercy, all of God's grace all of God's justice, all that God is. He remembered, he dwelt on that. He thought, I think it's a strong part of worship, of acknowledging and remembering and realizing who God is. And when it was all said and done, he kept the law. No matter what's going on, let's keep our Christian faith. No matter what we face, let's keep the commandments of God's word. Let's keep moving for God. As we close this morning, we look and we see and verse number 56, this I had, this I had because I kept thy precepts. This isn't something that he decided that he needed to put on, as I said earlier, in the moment. It is the essence of who he was before the tragedy came. This psalmist had this strength because he stood on the word of God. Because he had a habit and made a habit in his life of, of, of living for God and loving God. So, well, Pastor, I'm kind of starting behind a little bit this morning. Number one, I'm not sure that Jesus is my Savior. Well, there's no better time than today than to trust Jesus as your Savior. 
And if you're watching today and you've joined us and you are uncertain about whether or not you would spend eternity in heaven or hell, whether you would come into the presence of God, let me assure you this morning that it has nothing to do with you being a good person or a bad person or uh, whether you're struggling in life or not. What it has to do with is, have I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and to save my soul. My friend this morning, he wants you to know how to do that. If you're watching and you don't know how to do that, please reach out by our website and contact us. And we'd love to, uh, to FaceTime you or make a phone call to you so that we can explain to you exactly what the Word of God says. But really, if I believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, and I understand that He, he died and gave Himself as payment for my sin, and I'm willing to be repent of that sin and turn to Him in faith and accept that gift then he's promised that he'll save my soul. It's not about modified behavior. It's about putting trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing him to make us a part of his family. Maybe this morning uh, you're watching and you've just kind of gotten overwhelmed with all of this. And, uh, and may, I, may I suggest to you this morning that just this, there's no better time than now than to start strengthening your faith. To let this be something that you could look back on for a lifetime and say, this is when I really found my spiritual footing. Up to this point, everything had been kind of easy. There hadn't been any real shaky ground in my life. Uh, there hadn't been anything that really had challenged my faith. But this is really, Pastor, got me kind of uh, concerned moving forward. Listen, there's no greater time than now to start building that character, to start, grow, to start growing uh, in a deeper way with the Lord. Be committed to it. And if you're here this morning watching and you'd say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, it's a little inconvenient, but we're just doing what we have to do and moving on, rejoicing and praising the Lord, then praise God for that. But don't forget to be a strength and a comfort to those that are hurting. Don't forget to be an encouragement to those that uh, maybe haven't grown in their faith. Maybe they haven't been through as many trials or difficulties. And it's more unsettling for them. Be that encouragement. Be that light. Be that anchor uh, that ties them to the great anchor of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing it is to know that no matter what we face, that God is in control. And that no matter what the storms come, that we can stay afloat. That no matter what we face, I think about this uh, ship captain of the El Faro and his decision making and how, how making just some miscalculation costs all 33 people on that boat their lives. Just because something didn't go according to plan. And listen, it, it's good to have plans, but no plans are better than God's plans. And what is God's plan, Pastor? It's just to stay focused on him. It's to stay trusting in Him. It's to stay leaning upon His Word. To move forward and to be cautious and to be wise. Let's not do things and uh, to tempt God. Let, listen, uh, you know, they're, 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 we don't want to be like the snake campers <coughs> where, uh, where we just get out there and if we get bit, then, uh, then uh, you know, God's going to save us or the poison drinkers where they want to just say, well, God's going to save me for this and I'm going to prove it. Let's not be foolish in that way. Let's be a people that understand that these, these protective postures that have been taken uh, can be life-saving and are important. It's important that we maintain our testimony through them. But let's also remember that there's no need to fear because God's in control and God will be with us. Let's stay afloat during this storm. And let's be faithful to the Lord. Let's be committed to one another and let's be an encourager uh, to neighbors and to those around us as we move forward. And let's in all things... Remember to rejoice and to trust and to praise our Savior.